Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. On this edition, Blake and Taylor discuss Carson Wentz's latest injury, all things transactions with the New York Yankees, UFC 231 recap, we dive into the college football playoff and discuss whether Kyler Murray should play baseball or football, the big action from NFL Week 14, and our normal weekly segments of Minnesota Vikings talk, Philadelphia Eagles talk, power rankings, and weekly picks. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 88, begins right now. Yeah. Microphone check. Look. Uh. All we do is go, go, go. KCD, no, no, no. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, we on for show. With the host Black and Taylor. You already know they down for whatever. When it comes to sports, there ain't no jokes. Already know that they into, so you better come in tune in. Cause you know what this about. Gonna make you scream and shout with all the nasty news. This the dynasty, cause you don't know the breaking rules. Telling you what it do's, giving you the insight. And best believe they're doing it right. Every day and every night. Only question is, yo, is you ready to take flight? Greetings, greetings. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 88. How's it going, everybody? Recording today on Thursday, December 13th, 2018. Just two weeks away, if I'm counting correctly in my head, which could be a little bit off, I'm not sure. But two weeks away from Christmas, or uh, unfortunately, I don't exactly know when Hanukkah and Kwanzaa starts, so I apologize. But whatever you celebrate, it's a great month for family time and togetherness. With you, as always, your host, Blake Plonsky. Thank you for joining me. With me, as always, well, not as always, aside from last week, returning from his illness after a one-week absence is my co-host, Taylor Johnson. How's it going, Taylor? Uh, Let's just say a lot better than last week. I don't feel like crap anymore. Hey, fair enough. Everybody, for the record, uh was going to do uh, the uh, uh, Major League Soccer. Well, technically, it's about Major League Soccer. Minnesota United FC offseason preview was going to do that yesterday morning. Couldn't. uh, I had a throat thing going on. I mentioned it in the video I talked about uh, with the waiver draft last afternoon, yesterday afternoon, excuse me. I mentioned that. Uh, I made a decision today, if you did not see the Facebook uh, this morning, Uh, I made a decision to break it up into two parts. Minnesota United offseason preview. We're going to do into MLS, which is transactions just for players in MLS. And then part two, Minnesota United offseason around the world, which will be transfers of anywhere around the world. This has been two weeks in the making. Taylor asked for it. We've had other fans that have asked for it. 
It is coming. I am not forgetting about this. I have so many notes. I am so pumped, amped up for it. Just yesterday, it wasn't going to work. It is coming. It's going to be two parts to make it easier and shorter to listen to for everybody being as fast-paced as the world is nowadays, especially with the holidays, everybody on the go, everybody doing stuff, shopping, cooking, uh, making Christmas cookies, doing whatever you're doing. Everybody's got their own thing going on, so we're making it shorter and easier for all of you, the fans. Taylor, without further ado, we are running short on time today. Let's get right into it. Now, normally, I would save this for our NFL block, but what I read today, I can't let go. It was reported yesterday that Carson Wentz has a fracture in his back in one of his uh, vertebra. Okay, I can accept that. I, I've heard that Carson Wentz has had... Um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, been uh, feeling an ailment in his body since uh, Tennessee. That's not the right phrasing I was going to use, but it's the best that I can go with. I, I kind of lost it there. Ever since we played Tennessee. Okay. I heard today that not only did he get scanned for a broken vertebra in his back, so he's out for the year. I mean, people said he might be out for the year. He might not. He's out for the year, for sure. And... With the season basically done and dusted, as it looks, not to say that Nick Foles can't <laughs> strike iron twice and shock the world and maybe win another Super Bowl. No, I am not predicting that. I'm just talking out loud. Carson Wentz should not be risked. He can't plant on his left leg uh, fully yet. He's still not fully healed from his ACL-LCL tear. Now he's got this broken vertebra to deal with. Taylor, but here is what chaps my hide about this. So I read from a, air quotes, source within the organization that who Carson Wentz was not told first, that somebody leaked it to other personnel and other players before Carson Wentz ever knew. So let me get this straight. Someone leaks it who isn't Carson Wentz about Carson Wentz's own medical scans. Taylor, there is something sketchy going on here, and someone needs to be fired over this. What say you? I say the Philadelphia Eagle franchise is in shambles, and they are corrupt, and this is not how you run a franchise, and I think they should just, they should be blackballed from the NFL. Okay, okay, all right. I can tell when you jest. <laughs> I was going to say, I can tell when you jest. All right, this, let's be serious this, for a second. No, that's, I mean, come on. You can't sit here. You can't not tell. How, how does that get out? How, who does that? I don't that? know. I, I, don't, I can't yeah. even. I was sitting there trying to think. And obviously, I don't know every piece of I think personnel, I know who it was. but I just, I can't. I think I know who it was. Share your theories. Nick Foles. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to go that far, but man, it's just, I Nick mean, Foles it just. Peterson, they're like, well, you know, we won a Super Bowl last year together. Um, it's not quite working out with this Carson fella. So maybe we should leak this and, you know, 
how about you take the reins and we win another Super Bowl? I'm just kidding. I don't no, know. I know. I just it can't um, be just it's it's something stinks here. I mean, something it's, stinks that it ain't the play on the at Lincoln Financial or whatever the hell that stadium's called. Lincoln Financial Field, get it right. Lincoln Financial okay. Field, get it right. Because that play, the play on that field stinks too right now. But I just, I, again, I, 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 I had so much more to say this this morning or this afternoon, excuse me, and I just, and I'm just at a loss for words, honestly. I, it, things just went from. Bad when it started from Foles, you know, having the magic carpet ride to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. He's a he's a town hero for the rest of the time. Start the new season, got to start over. Couldn't really get it going. Carson Wentz starting out slow, getting it together, then kind of trailing off a little bit. Not to say that he didn't do things right. He, you know, he wasn't turning the ball over, really. He had a couple of fumbles. He wasn't throwing interceptions, per se. He just, he wasn't where no, he yeah. was. And obviously with well, these injuries, you're going to be, it's going to take two years before he's, you know, right. And that's for anybody. That's a, that's a D back. That that's, that's a running back. That's an offensive lineman. That's anybody. But this, so did, just, this is just a team that started out bad, that got worse, that got worse. And now we're just like, okay, just, just, just put us so out of our misery. Did, okay. Did this back thing just start this year, or has this been an ongoing thing? I, I it was just from year, from right? what I read, it started in the Titans game. Is what I'm okay. hearing. So, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna say this year. Is it too early to say that Carson Wentz is an injury prone quarterback? You know, the funniest thing is that Chris Dolish, who has. Uh, uh, been a guest host here a couple of times way early on in our early days. Episode 2, episode 8, I believe it was, and another one that escapes me. Mr. Cowboys fan, good friend of mine, currently living near Dallas, Texas, so he's right at home with all the Cowboy fans. All he needs is a is a giant dark gray Stenson, and he's good to go. But all that aside... He made the statement, he goes, injury-prone quarterback, and I just, I'm not ready to go there yet. I just, I can't, I'm going to wait until next year, give him one more offseason, one more year to just finally come round it, see what happens. If it turns where it might, then I guess we'll cross that bridge. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I would, I might even take it one step further and... Dare I say the Derrick Rose of the NFL? Oh, dear. I, okay. Let's not go there yet. I, I want to oh, lash I'm out, but saying. I'm not going to. I want to lash out, but I'm not going to. Okay. How many years How many years has Wentz been in the NFL? Three, I believe. How many years has he or, been or, hurt? Or wait, wait. Two. Three, no, three is right. Three is right. You're right. Three. Or I'm year, right, I should say. Well, I'm, I'm usually right. How many years? Uh, how many times has he been hurt and missed that? How many times has he finished a full season? Uh, one of three. Judge, I rest my case. All right, small sample size. Again, we're not going to argue <laughs> about this. All right, again, time will tell. I'm going to wait until next year to make my determination. 
Some people are saying, let Wentz go. And I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I will, like, I will say though, he, some people I are don't... saying that to, uh, in that stupid fantasy chat thing with my brother and his derelict friends, some people are saying, you know, if Foles goes out and wins him another Super Bowl, it's Foles' team. It's like Foles That's, is 30 no. years old and he's a career backup. Look, he, he, he struck, I mean, Absolute perfection. Absolute perfection. Yes. If that that happens this year, I will say it right now. If the same thing happens this year, by some miracle, it is the greatest NFL story in history. Amen. I just, but no. They would would need a. Let Wentz go. Shut up. Shut up. They would need a Minneapolis miracle to first to make the playoffs. Second, to go on a courageous run third i don't think now i haven't watched a lot of eagle games i don't think once has played all that bad coming back he hasn't he just just again defense and the injuries i think of what gotten him we'll get oh we'll get to the defense Uh, hey compared to my 84 million dollar man just saying all right and we'll get to that definitely all right everybody moving right along got some yankees rumors for you Some actual news, but rumors that I just can't sit on. All right, everybody. Today, uh, J.A. Happ signed with the Yankees two years with an option for a third of $34 million, which could be as much as $36 million, I believe, with incentives and and, uh, stat milestones, things of that nature. Taylor, J.A. Happ is 35 years old. But here's the thing. He looks really good still for his age. I mean, let's see here. When he got traded at the trade deadline for the Yankees, he went seven and zero with a six, with a six. Hello, with a two six nine ERA, sixty three point two innings and sixty three strikeouts. While I would like to see a little bit more on the strikeout end, when he was with Toronto, he had a he had a better strikeout rate there. Again, he only had uh let's see here seven games with the Yankees so 63 strikeouts in seven games you obviously for a starting pitcher you want to get your strikeouts ahead of where your innings count is that's being a good strikeout pitcher i don't have his hits per 9 his uh base on balls per 9 and uh strikeouts per 9 i just i didn't get a chance to grab that today but the thing is is that i mean the the free agent market pretty much dried up I still want us to look into some of the rumors that I'm going to talk about, about getting a over-the-top starter. But I do like signing J.A. Happ for the money. I don't think it's a too crazy amount. Um, And again, he pitched well in his seven games, a small sample size, but the team could be a lot worse right now. No, I hate I I really hate your Yankees. Um so do a lot of people, and, um, especially in town here. <laughs> what oh I, I can imagine, especially there. The Yankees um, have owned the twins. Oh, they're the who twins the, are who knows. The 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 I'm not gonna say what it, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> move move um, along. Go ahead. Uh, but no, Jay Happ. I mean, I I think he's going to do all right for the game. I don't think they're expecting really for him to, you know, break any records or I don't know what the phrase I'm looking for to really light the world on fire. Just be manageable, right? 
That's all the Yankees want. We, they got we enough. Need, we needed a back end number five yes. option, and and especially for J.A. Happ, when he used to be a number two guy, kind of turned into a number three guy later in his career. To ask him to be a number five guy with the numbers that I just threw out there, I mean, you're getting more than you're than you're paying for you're not, with that. Yeah, exactly. So, and honestly, the Yankees have and probably will keep getting because you know the rich always get richer. Um, plenty of guys that will definitely light the world on fire. Yep. Will it work out? I don't know, but I remember but I got two words, A-Rod. So. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. Anyways. When, when you're right, you're right. I know. Uh, well, hey. All right. To move on to the rumors that I have. Again, this is just rumor. I hate talking rumors on this show. You guys know that we are actual news, that we are actual coverage, that we are actual games analysis and things of that nature. I can't not do, I cannot not do this. Uh, It's died down a little bit since uh, it was, uh, since I put it in my notes here, unfortunately, but I'm going to bring this up. Taylor, there is rumblings of a three-way trade between the Yankees, the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins, excuse me. Hello, 2003. Hello, Miami Marlins and the New York Mets, the crosstown rivals involving Noah Syndergaard, or Thor, as some people call him, going to the Yankees, JT Ramunto going Mm -hmm. to the Mets, and Mm -hmm. not quite sure going to the Marlins. That wasn't quite established. But now, obviously, the Mets want, uh, you know, uh, pro-ready players, things like that. I've been extremely standoffish and pushed against any deal that involved our number one, uh, uh, our number one prospect, Esteban Floral, the 20 year old outfield phenom that is going to light the world on fire when he gets called up. You heard it here first. And Miguel and Duhar, the man who finished second in rookie of the year voting last year, the third baseman for the New York Yankees, a man that I've also loved uh, throughout his time and his uh, uh, brief appearances with the Yankees two years ago. For Sendegard, I would say we can give up both. I would be okay with that. See, and that's the thing. To give up both would require something of this magnitude. It would require a number one starter that isn't even a question because of the because of the ability of both of them. As I said, Floral is going to be a monster when he's up. He's being compared to some great outfielders of the past, and Floral's only 20 years old. I mean, he's going to be do big things. Miguel and Duhar, some people said in his brief appearances, they said, oh, you know, oh, We'll see what happens. And I said last year, before the season started, I said Miguel and Duhar is going to go bananas. Listen back to listen back to past shows. Before the season started, I said Miguel and Duhar was going to go bananas. And lo and behold, who was right here? But I'm not here bragging. The thing is, I would be okay with that. It looks like it's cooled off a little bit. doesn't look like that's going to happen. There's been a rumor of Corey Kluber 
from the Indians coming over to the Yankees as well. Again, if we had to package both in Duhar and Floral in that, I'd be okay with that. Again, it has to be an unquestioned number one for years starting pitcher to even consider that. Uh, a couple other things, looking into Scooter Jeanette, the second baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, super, former Brewer. Oh, oh yes, yeah, that, that's that. Yep, you're right, absolutely. Former Brewer, absolutely. So Scooter Jeanette, former Brewer, uh, current Cincinnati Red, uh, super utility infielder Marwin Gonzalez, second baseman, former Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Josh Harrison, Manny Machado, obviously, and Bryce Harper. I'm looking at Scooter Jeanette and Marwin Gonzalez right now, especially with where the team's at, with D.D. Gregorius probably not going to suit up for the Yankees until at least July, if not later, maybe August, if, you know, if worse comes to worse with uh, his Tommy John surgery. So uh, knocking on wood uh, for him. Probably going to have to slide over Gleyber Torres, the man who, or no, 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 and Duhar was second in AL Rookie of the Year voting. Torres was number two, and Shohei Otani was number one. That's right. But I'm not going to get who? Who? Otani. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to rant about that. I'm not. I'm not going to take okay. the bait. I'm not going to do it. So you're going to have to slide Torres over to, to shortstop, probably. And the thing is, is that Torres can play shortstop. He played a ton of it in the minors, so he can play second or shortstop. That's no problem. You get a Scooter Jeanette in there, a Marwin Gonzalez. This can work. I like both of those guys as, again, super utility man, Marwin Gonzalez. The guy can play seven positions, Taylor. Gonzalez can. Outfielder, first base, second base. He can play anywhere, which is an amazing Swiss Army knife, you know, utility man to have. And Scooter Jeanette absolutely raked the ball last year. He was a great, uh, great bat on the ball, hit over 300 if memory serves. I would like him, so that's what I want. Uh, Josh Harrison would be a fallback option. I've always enjoyed Josh Harrison. Manny Machado. I've been against the Manny Machado thing for a while. If we were to let Miguel and Duhar go for a number one starter, I would be okay with Manny Machado. Problem is, the Yankees are reportedly unwilling to, you know, put uh, $300 million on the table for Machado, and he probably wants it. Apparently, uh, Yankee Brass has understood Mandy Machado's explanation of him dogging it in the playoffs, whatever that's worth. And apparently, Brian Cashman says that the Yankees have no interest in Bryce Harper. Do I believe that? Not for a second. So that's currently what's going on with the Yankees, a lot of what-ifs and things like that. But that is what I would like as a New York Yankee fan if I was GM, who I would be going after more than not. All right, Taylor, moving right along. UFC 231. Let me pull up my fight card here. UFC 231. This was a pretty wild night. As always, per uh, per usual, that my father and I, we started watching the fights together again over the summer. My father's over. We're having a good time. Home-cooked meal, having beers, all, all fine and good. Starting out, Tiago Santos versus Jimmy Manawa. Taylor, these two light heavyweights 
have hands of cement and then some. These guys are throwing absolute bombs, rocking each other left and right, left and right, just absolutely throwing everything in the kitchen sink at each other. Eventually, Tiago Santos, I mean, my father said it best. He looks at he looks at both of them as they're standing in the cage before the fight even starts. He goes, someone's getting knocked out. And I said, and I said, that might be the like the biggest, <laughs> like the most obvious thing that you've ever said watching these fights in my living room that you've ever that you've ever said. And so it was it was a pretty good fight. It didn't last very long. Tiago Santos finally took care of Jimmy Manawa. Jimmy Manawa, let's see here. I believe that's his third loss in five, I want to say. Let's see here. Jimmy Manawa scrolling down. Third loss in five. Third loss in six. Or fourth loss in six. Jimmy Manawa is up against it being 38 years old. I don't know where he goes from here. Tiago Santos, though. He's a man on a mission, and he definitely put everyone on notice in the light heavyweight division. Hakeem Duwadu, a man that I've never seen fight before versus Kyle Bushniak. Kyle Bushniak, I saw fight once uh, earlier in the summer versus Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Say that name five times fast. Bushniak looked scared of Duwadu. Duwadu, as I said in our, pre- in our preview on uh, episode uh, 87 last week, Duwadu, extremely good kickboxer, started taking Muay Thai in his uh, in his teenage years when his counselor uh, said, you need to channel your anger, you're going down the wrong path, you're going down the path that's going to lead you to end up dead, basically, because he had uh, Duwadu had a troubled childhood, and he said, channel your anger into something productive, into something positive. And he took up Muay Thai, which turned into kickboxing that he had a great career in, and man, is he putting his MMA skills together. Duwadu, you could tell Bushniak did not want any part of Duwadu. He would stay outside the pocket, and Bushniak would kind of come forward. Duwadu would just throw a roundhouse out, and he'd go, uh-uh, you're not coming in here. Uh, Bushniak, you come a little bit forward, uh-uh, you're not coming in here. And Duwadu, no matter what he did, I go, okay, clearly he has the better advantage on the feet. What can he do on the ground? Bushniak takes him down. And I thought, I've never seen Duwadu fight. I don't know what he can do on the ground. And I said, he might be a fish out of water here. Duwadu got up rather quickly. It only took him a couple of seconds to stand back up. The referee separates him. And I go, Bushniak is in a lot of trouble here. Eventually, the fight goes to a decision, three-round decision. Uh, Duwadu won 30-27, 30-27, and 28-29. The 28-29 was for Kyle Bushniak. Taylor, Joe Rogan said it best. After uh, Bruce Buffer read the judges' uh, scorecards, he goes, I don't understand that 28-27 or 28-29. Duwadu dominated every round. When, When things like that happen in judging, whether it be boxing, mixed martial arts, that judge needs to be suspended for a long time or said you can't judge anymore that's ridiculous you you're done go go find another job you're done it's the same thing of of going to a job every day nine to five job whatever you do and you don't perform but yet somehow you you get to stay 
That That's the logic here. It doesn't make any sense. Joe Rogan said it doesn't make any sense. Hakeem Duwadu got hosed from a unanimous decision. Duwadu still won. Duwadu, a featherweight in the UFC. Uh, first time watching Duwadu fight. Everybody, look out for this kid. The kid is hungry, and he is a mean, mean fighter. Third fight, Gunnar Nelson versus Alex Oliveira. Oliveira, Taylor, is a former bullfighter, or er, er, bullfighter, bull rider, excuse me, in Brazil, which is really interesting, something that I, even I didn't know in my uh, pre-fight notes, so there you go. Um, I picked Alex Oliveira, Gunnar Nelson, I will state again, coming off a 17-fight layoff, uh, couldn't find the reason, Couldn't, didn't know if it was injury or uh, personal life uh, stuff, whatever it was. I couldn't figure it out. I searched high and low as to why he hadn't fought. I couldn't find it. I picked Oliveira. It started out on the feet, and Oliveira had an answer for everything that Gunnar Nelson did, a little bit of everything, until... Gunnar Nelson got Oliveira on the ground. Gunnar Nelson is extremely good on the ground and then some. Taylor, Gunnar Nelson is on top of Alex Oliveira, and he hits him with an elbow. He splits Oliveira open to the point where Oliveira kind of gives up his back a little bit. He turns and gives uh, Nelson his back. So, so Oliveira's head is facing the canvas. Oliveira's head is like one of those sprinklers that you had as a kid in the yard, or, or better yet, one of those like um, those uh, sprinklers that kind of goes and then and and it runs back. That's what it was like. It just it spewed out of Oliveira. Gunnar Nelson locks in a rear naked choke. Before Gunnar Nelson even cinched it up, Oliveira tapped. He he literally he clearly got scared of the cut that he had and such and such. I mean, he tapped before Nelson even had it synced up. And so they're sitting there trying to close the 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 uh, the, the cut on Oliveira's forehead with like you know like Q-tips and things like that, like pressing pressing into the into the cut, trying to. Uh, trying to get it to clot up, you know, due to pressure. I'm like, he needs to go. He needs to go to the hospital. He needs stitches. Like, they're sitting there trying to figure him out. It's like he doesn't need to be interviewed. He needs to go to the back. Needs to get. Needs to get in the ambulance and needs to go to the hospital right now because you you can't you can't fix that in the cage. That's how bad it was. That's it was it was insane. It was it was a bloody mess. But Gunnar Nelson, uh, victorious in his return. And he looks scary good. He definitely was training the entire time in his 17 months. Look out, welterweights. Gunnar Nelson is back on the scene. You're you know, I think... Um, or go ahead. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why maybe I don't get into UFC. I don't care what you call me, but when I deal with, like, that... When I see that blood, like you were explaining it, I probably would have just turned the event off and said that was it. Uh, Oliveira was wearing a crimson mask. I mean, I, I, mean, I can was... deal with it like wrestling because it's all fake, but that, like that, uh, no. See, and that's the thing. Blood, I can handle. I can handle blood. 
you know, like, and I'm a horror movie buff. Anybody that knows me, I love everything horror, movies, books, video games. I just, I'm a horror fan through and through. That I can take. Blood in the cage, you know, boxing, MMA, that, that, that's just, you know, that's part of the game. You know, you get sliced with an elbow, it's going to happen. Especially if you have scar tissue, it's going to happen. It just, it is what it is. It's injuries like Alex Smith and yeah, Joe Theismann yeah, and Kevin yes. Ware. And those are the ones that make me go, okay, all right, that's real life. Okay, all right, all right, all right. It's the it's the bone snapping. It's the this. It's the that. It's the it's the kickboxing where a guy gets kicked in the shin, and you can see that his shin is gone. He steps down, and his leg just goes blah 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 blah. I mean, that's the best sound effect that I can do with it. Or Anderson Silva versus Chris Weidman, same thing. Anderson Silva goes for a kick. Weidman checks it. I mean, Silva's shin just snap, just like a twig. He sets it down without realizing it and just falls backwards onto his back, grabs his ankle, just screaming in pain. It's that stuff that I can't take. I'm just a wuss because I can't take any of it. (laughs) Hey, man, you're not the only one. Don't feel bad. All right, everybody, two more fights to go. Your co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Jonjacek. Taylor, I know know you love hearing that name. Admittedly, That's your girl. That's your girl. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. My father, she admittedly. don't know it yet. Every, every fight, you know, every fight night when my dad and I used to go out, now we're making meals at home instead, you know, having the beers at home, you know changing it up a little bit. My father, you know, we're standing in the kitchen. He goes, you know, who's fighting tonight? We get to Joanna Junchichek and my dad goes, oh, dear God. I mean, my dad goes, my dad, my dad can't, doesn't like her either. For whatever reason, Joanna, I still love you. You're still one of my favorite fighters, even though you took the loss. There, I said the result already. Taylor, so, so Joanna normally fights at, at 115, okay? So 115 for female fighters. Joanna uh, Junchacek, let's see here. Women's flyweight, that is either 10 pounds or 20 pounds. I can't remember. I, I, want, I want to say 10 pounds. So we'll say 125. Joanna puts on all this weight. You can clearly tell that Joanna was slower, that even the 10 pounds in weight was slowing her down. I mean, you could tell when she would kind of, you know, feel out, you know, Shevchenko, you know, kind of throw a one-two combo, you know, kind of test her range a little bit, you know, see where she was at, how far away she is, you know, see how close she needs to get. You could tell that she goes one-two, you know, one-two, one-two-three, and it would just, you could tell that she's just slow on the draw for whatever reason. I said, this is not good. Shevchenko Looked like a world beater in this fight. Shevchenko, I mean, obviously, Joanna being on the ground, Shevchenko took her to the ground a couple of times. It is not where Joanna wants to be. Let me tell you right now, Joanna needs to work on the ground game. And again, Joanna is 31 now. How much better is she going to get at the gr- on the ground at this point? Who knows? I just, it just, it, it saddens me watching it. But I tried to watch as an analyst, not as a fan. 
Sometimes I do have my wrestling term markout moments that it just happens, but Shevchenko fought her fought perfectly. I mean, everything Yoana had no answer for. Yoana didn't get started going until about the third round. And at that point, I'm like, Yoana needs to get going. She's down two rounds already. And it's, I mean, it, again, as a Yoana Junjacek fan, even I can see, I go, she's down two rounds. That is clear as day to anybody who watches. And she finally starts to pick it up a little bit, starts to pick up steam. For whatever reason, she started fighting a little faster in the third round. And Yoana Junjacek is a person who has cardio for days. Yoana Junjacek in the fifth round could have fought a whole nother five rounds. That is how she's always been. She's not a knockout puncher. She doesn't have that kind of power. She's not a submission artist, obviously, because, you know, her ground game is leaves a lot to be desired. But she has cardio for days. Shevchenko, as the fight went on, Shevchenko actually started to slow down a little bit. But she did kind of, she slowed down a little bit, kind of kept her distance. She would um, push Ioana up against the cage and kind of hold her there, you know, kind of, you know, run out the clock kind of kind of deal. But Shevchenko fought a perfect fight. I mean, she couldn't have fought any better. Again, I was a little upset, again, being a Ioana fan, Shevchenko, you know, kind of clinching against the cage, you know, running out the clock. I was a little upset at that because I am a Ioana fan, but... Again, I can't she didn't she didn't break any rules. It's all within the rules. She fought perfectly. Shevchenko finally wins her first title, unanimous decision in a five round fight. It was a great fight. 39-30 or 39. Hello. 49-46, 49-46 and 49-46, meaning that the all three judges gave Valentina four rounds and gave Yuana one round. Yuana did say that she wanted to try it. She was given the opportunity by UFC, but she will go back down to one, uh, 115, her natural weight, and will fight out toward the, to get to the top to hopefully one day have a rematch with Rose Namajunas. Taylor at this weight division, Valentina Shevchenko, looks like there isn't a woman that can touch her. Let me tell you that right now. Fair enough. She's she's one bad mama that nobody wants to be, deal with, right? She, when she walked to the cage, she was expressionless. She looked oh, like she was ready to kill. I mean, it oh, was it was something. I, I I remarked that to my dad. I said, I said, Shevchenko means business. Holy hell! Those are those are the dangerous women right there. Absolutely just a dead cold expression. It's just like, okay, I don't ever want to cross that in a dark alley. And they go, and the person goes, Oh, they're like five two and 115 pounds. And I go, Yeah, and they're also a seventh degree black belt and a black belt. And I mean, they could turn me into a pretzel. They could kick me in the ribs. And I, I go, okay, okay, I, I I give. All right, time out, time out, I give. Okay. I'm gonna scuttle away like a like a pansy. Okay, I give. It just, ah, it's, (laughs) tell you what. All right, everybody, your main event, your featherweight championship, champion Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. Taylor, admittedly, I picked Brian Ortega. Something in me told me to pick Brian Ortega. Man, was I wrong. Holy cow. Taylor, I showed you at least the highlights of this fight. 
Tell me what you saw in that before I go on. Um, something that I have absolutely never seen before, never thought I would witness, never like that. The barrage of punches and withstanding the barrage of punches. I, I don't, obviously I don't follow the sport. I watch, I used to watch boxing way back when I was a weed little lad with my dad. I've never seen anything like that before. That was, it was insane. I guess is probably the best word. I don't remember what I told you, but I think I might've said something along the lines of bleepity bleep bleep. That was insane. <laughs> what yeah. the bleep fill in the blanks. And, and yada, everybody, yada. and everybody, I sent the, Taylor the highlights. I did say, I said, I know you're not, you know, big into, into fight in, into fighting, but I said, the highlights you have to watch. I said what I watched last night, so I sent this to him on Sunday, Sunday morning, I believe it was, before football. I said, I said, this what we saw a fight of the year candidate that last night. Again, speaking on Sunday morning. It was everything that anybody could have imagined and then some. Brian Ortega, try as he might, man, that 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 um Hispanic spirit, that, that Mexican fighting spirit, because Brian Ortega is of Mexican descent. That's why I say that. It's not disrespect in any way. That that spirit of to just keep going. Taylor in the in the octagon, Brian or excuse me, after the fight, Brian Ortega said, I would have died in there if the doctors would have let me. He said, I would I never would have gave up. He said, I don't care. He goes, I will go down swing. You have to knock me out. He goes, I'll go down swinging. But I, I, he goes, I'll die in there. Absolutely, because it's just in my blood. So Brian Ortega was a warrior. I picked Brian Ortega. Man, was I wrong. Max Holloway Taylor is, people like to say, oh, Max Holloway got beat by Connor. Oh, he took, Connor took Max to the distance and won a decision on a torn ACL. Yeah, Max Holloway was also 22 years old. The distance between that and Max Holloway's fight game, it's, it's, it's ungodly. It's, it is insane to watch Max Holloway work. He's a machine. And, and as, Taylor, as Taylor just mentioned, and, I, and again, I cannot overstate this. Like Taylor said, it's something that he's never seen. I've been a fight fan for a long time. I've been actively watching boxing and mixed martial arts, Muay Thai, kickboxing, judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, any form of fighting since I was 13 years old. Actively, meaning religiously and taking it all in. Saturday from Max Holloway is something that I've never seen. I'm 28 years old, going to be 29 in March next year. Since I was 13, it's something I've never seen. Think about that for a second. Max Holloway threw over 400 punches. And, and somebody's sitting there thinking, hey, he threw 400 punches. How many of them did he land? Max Holloway connected with 254 punches. Max Holloway is sitting there throwing, throwing six, eight, ten punch combos. Legitimately. Go back and watch the highlights. I'm dead serious. His gas tank is something to be awed at, is to be in awe of. It is crazy. 
When this fight ended and this fight was stopped by the doctor because Brian Ortega's left eye was so swollen shut, it was closed. He could not see out of it. And the doctor said he can't continue. He said he's fighting with one eye. He can't continue. Brian Ortega tried to, you know, get him to continue. The doctor said, you're nuts. I'm saving you from yourself. And Brian Ortega got in some good shots. He got in some really nice shots. For whatever reason, Brian Ortega is better on the ground than Max Holloway. Brian Ortega is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I don't know why they went away from that game plan, if that ever was a game plan. I don't know why, but Max Holloway tore it up. Brian Ortega got in his shots, but Max Holloway put on an absolute clinic. 254 strikes. No boxer I've ever seen land that many. No MMA fighter, no Muay Thai fighter, no kickboxer, no nothing. It was something to behold. And Taylor, after winning that fight, there's not a featherweight that can touch Holloway right now. Not one. And it's not even close. Max Holloway, people say he's arrogant. And he goes, it's the blessed era. Max Holloway, after Saturday night, has every right to say that, to say somebody step up. I don't care who you are because no one is beating me right now. I'm at the top of my game. And Taylor Max Holloway said after the fight, he goes, I didn't fight how I wanted to completely. He goes, there are things that I need to work on. He goes, I'm not a complete fighter. After watching that on Saturday, that is scary to hear to someone to say that I still have plenty I could work on. If I'm a featherweight, that might just send a shiver down my back. I tell you what. Is he, in your opinion, the best fighter going on right now? No. The, the, no. Best, okay. the, the best fighter right now is Khabib Nurmagomedov, for sure. Uh, okay. Is he right up there? Max Holloway, uh, again, I can't think of a top ten in my head. I'd have to look at it, like visually look at it. Max Holloway is no lower than top four. For sure. I after that after that fight that night, again, especially for basically cleaning out the division. Right now, the talk is Max Holloway of him going up to 155, which is Nur Nagamadov's division, because Holloway's cleaned it out. Holloway is on a 14-fight win streak. And a 14-fight win streak. Now keep in mind, now Anderson Silva was middleweight champion for eight years. Anderson Silva, when he won the title, there wasn't a person who could touch him. There are there are clips, Taylor, of Anderson Silva basically dancing in the octagon, you know, but dancing, you know, like with head movement and, you know, body lean and things like that to make people miss, but making people look stupid. I mean, these are professional fighters that he's making look childish. And he won 14 fights until he lost, or 16 fights, excuse me. Max Holloway is three away. And right now, I don't see a person that can beat him except maybe Khabib. Because if Khabib takes Max Holloway down, it's over. I don't think Holloway's that good on the ground yet. I think he needs to get better. But standing? Oh, baby. That'd be a fight to see. Dana White wants him to move up to heavyweight. Max Holloway's talking about it. I'm not sure how legit that is right now. But right now at 145, if he stays there, there's nobody touches him. Not not a one.
All right, everybody, that's been your UFC 231 preview. I apologize. We're running a little long now. I need to take a breath. I need to take a drink. Up next, we will talk college football. Taylor, this is yours. I didn't want to do a college football playoff preview since you weren't on last week. I wanted you to take that. Again, that is your realm. I do have one question before you start going. Kyler I have Murray. an answer. Kyler Murray won the Heisman yes. Trophy last year. He, or, he, this, last year. Last, no, he won it this Saturday, year. Last Saturday. Last Saturday. Excuse me. Sorry. Yes. Last Saturday. Yes. He has a baseball contract. Signed with the Oakland Athletics. They gave him a four mil signing bonus. Four million dollars. I think he was top ten overall pick, yes. Right. He was number nine, if I remember right. Eight or nine, yeah. So if he doesn't play, he has to give that money back. Oof, that would hurt. Oh, boy, that would hurt. Because you know the Athletics are going after that. So if you're Tyler Murray, and as a college sports fan, which sport should he play? Because I have my which, answer. Which sport do I think he should play? Yes, I have my I can, answer. I can, I can give you two. I can go two ways with this. Go One, ahead. I can go with the he should play football, being the Heisman Trophy winner, being such the exciting player. He's going to make a boatload of money because a lot of people are starting to project him in the first round now. He was second to third. Now he's, after winning the Heisman, a first-round pick. You're going to make a ton of money, and you're going to make it right away. And if it pans out, I don't know, but you got something to fall back on with all that money. He could also take, and what I think he should do, is grab as many promotional um, deals that he can with what Nike, Adidas, whatever. Take that now, get that money, go from there. Flip side of it. You could play baseball. He's already got a contract with the A's. Longevity-wise, it would be the best for him because, let's face it, football is not for the faint of heart. You're going to get beat up. Who knows? In one play, your career could be over. Then what are you going to do? Who knows? Baseball, you could play that for a while. Um, technically, and eventually, technically, in any sport, you can it can be over in you know one it play. Could, yeah. but, I, but I do get what you're saying. Just throw chances that out are. There. I agree. Yeah, chances are. I agree. Um, Continue. The thing is, I've heard people say, "What about two sport?" That's you're a quarterback. You can't do that. Um, you have to be fully invested to the sport of football. Um, early mornings, long nights, seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. Um, you know, with Dion doing it and Bo Jackson, like Bo Jackson was a running back. So he could go play baseball, come back to the Raiders and the Raiders say, we're going to hand you the football, find an open hole and score a touchdown. You also okay? need to be a Done. once in a generation talent to that do too. it. I mean, you have Deion to be Sanders. Okay. You're a cornerback, cover the best guy, make sure he doesn't catch the football. Okay. Done quarterback, different story. I saw, and this could obviously change many, many times. The last thing I saw was a tweet. I know his agent has been very adamant about him saying he's going to be playing baseball. Oh, Scott Um, Boris is on the baseball train. Super, super agent, Scott Boris. I also, I saw a tweet last night quoting Kyler Murray saying he's playing baseball and that's it. Uh, this kid is how old is this kid? Twenty something. 
that could change out. It's probably changed five different times since because I, because I did read that the A's said you can finish your college season and play football. Yeah, they own play baseball when you're done. We'll let you, but you play baseball. So he's between in a rock and a hard place, not even having to give that money back, but also that to go back on his word which he actually might be contractually obligated to do, you know, for him giving his word and whatnot. Here, here's but what I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, think of all the money he could make in the NFL. That $4 million might not be anything or whatever. What is it, $4 million for the A's? Uh, yeah. I think. That was purely yeah. signing bonus. That's not his contract. Yeah. That's yeah, signing, signing bonus. bonus. Yeah. So, I mean, he could be like, all right, whatever. There you go. I'm going to make a boatload of money. I don't know. What it all boils down to is, I honestly, I know he's a very talented quarterback. I know he just won the Heisman. I think his, he's leaning more towards baseball, and I think that's the direction he goes. Now, with me saying that, he's going to, he's going to be an NFL quarterback and end up being a first ballot Hall of Famer. So you are saying he's going to play football? I well, I think I think he should play baseball. But you think, think he's going to play? So you think he he should play baseball from your mind? But you think, think he's, he's going, going to play, play football? Is that is I that think, what I gather? No, I think I think he's going to play baseball. But with my jinx and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Okay, I follow. Okay. No, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna play baseball when it's all said and done. I think he. I don't know what he's going to do. That's why I asked you. He should play baseball for more reasons than than one, but the main one is simply this. You know how you know how society is and how life is all oh, materialistic and this and all that kind of stuff, which is just utter nonsense. That said, with the way that kids are nowadays, you know, and things like that, with how money is and how money rules the world and money makes the world go round. If he plays baseball again, the odds of him getting hurt are lessened. Uh, probably could have a longer career, obviously, without the brutality of uh, the hits of football, especially being the quarterback, you know, taking a, a defensive end blindsided hit to the head, you know, couple couple dozen times a year. But the, th- the biggest thing is this. He gets cut in baseball. The money, he gets all of it. Where football, there's only been one fully guaranteed contract in history. And we'll definitely be talking about that man shortly. But here's the thing. Again, in baseball, he gets cut. He gets all of it. And I think that is a huge linchpin in this that some people are not considering. I think he should play baseball. I want Exactly. 100% agree with you. All right. Now, I I don't I I would not want to be in his shoes right now. Oh, no, me neither. No, 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 not even close. No, not at all. All right, that was my one question. That probably took a little longer time to explain than you probably wanted to. I apologize. College football player, that is all you. Go ahead. Yes, we have two. I think pretty good games. Uh, the first one, uh, number two Clemson against number three Notre Dame. Notre Dame has been nothing but. And afterthought in this entire process, um, I don't mean to say that they haven't played well. Obviously, they have. They made it into the, the Final Four. Um, but with the whole 
going towards the end of the season with the conference championships and of course Notre Dame being an independent, they seem to have gotten look, you know, kind of passed over. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying that Clemson is just going to run over Notre Dame. I don't you know. I can see that happening. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be as big of a blowout as people are saying. Um, but I don't, I don't give Notre Dame much of a chance. I like this Clemson team. I've always liked this Clemson team. I love Dabo Sweeney. Um, I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's shaping up to, and before I get ahead of myself, um, you know, the number Alabama, Oklahoma is a very intriguing and very juicy matchup. I don't care what anybody says. You have the Heisman trophy winner, Kyler Murray, you have who I think probably should have won the Heisman and to, uh, Tega, Tega Tega, yeah, sure. Uh, the Alabama quarterback, I think what hurt him, we've talked about, talked about this before. Didn't play much in the second half in a lot of games. Cause they're blowing everybody out. Um, got hurt, uh, in the conference championship game. I still think I, th- I mean, he's the best player on the best team in the country. Yep. Not to take anything away from Kyler Murray, because I'm not upset with that either. I think he did a fantastic job as well. But I just being that Oklahoma eyes, had one of the worst defenses in the country. Yeah, yeah I'd say he might might have deserved it. You know. So I mean, I don't know. But I think honestly, I think this is. I kind of wish this could have been for the national championship. To be honest with you, um, I I I really. This is kind of like, you know, when we watch college basketball in March Madness and we get that final four matchup that probably should be the national championship. We had that a few years ago with Wisconsin, Kentucky, when Wisconsin ended Kentucky's winning streak. I that that's a matchup that you would want to see in the championship game. This is another one. Um, but I think Alabama pulls out this one. This is gonna be a close game. And I think Alabama's going to end up winning it, and they're going to face Clemson again, another one-two matchup. I, I've said it all before. I've, I'll say it again. Alabama's the best team in the country for many, many reasons. And they're once again, Nick Saban is going to prove why they are the best country or best team in the country. So, um, that, I mean, I, I think these are two very good matchups. Um, yeah, I just – I. I, I hate I hate the whole Alabama Clemson thing again. I like a little more parody, but this is the world we live in until we start getting you know expanded playoffs, eight team or whatever it is. I was but, gonna say, man, hey, when you're good, you're good. Yep, it's say what you want, and I mean, I'm starting to kind of not talk down to Alabama much like I used to with because I. Let's face it, I hate the Yankees because they're so good. I'm starting not to hate the Alabama anymore because I just realized, hey, you're watching so, you're watching a dynasty. You're watching one of the best college coaches of all time. Just enjoy it. So I don't know. I think that, like, once again, this will be Alabama's year. And honestly, man, it's going to take a lot to somebody for somebody to dethrone Alabama. Maybe Clemson can do it this year. I don't know. Um, I just think this is going to be Crimson Tide, Roll Tide uh, once again. All right, you mentioned it uh, just uh, a handful of seconds ago. What is your feeling towards, say, an 18 playoff? I, I, I've been saying it since they did this whole playoff that four picking four teams is not good enough. Um, I don't like, 
you know, you got a lot of good one and two loss teams that, hey, maybe they just had a bad night. You know, you can't or you got a team like UCF, you know, say what you want about them. Just was going to bring them up. Maybe they could be a Cinderella like you see. I mean, I, I think yep. it would be very – and I'm so sick of this notion of, um, you know, teams saying uh, – or whoever saying, well, it gets in the way of classes, this and that. Don't give me that crap because honestly in the next, oh, I don't know, maybe week, they're going to be on Christmas break until the end of January. So what classes are we really getting in the middle of? And you see um, – Division one is the FCS, like North Dakota State. What you know where they play? They have yep. a tournament. They have a. I don't remember how many teams are in it. Thirty-two, I think. Sixteen. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, they have a tournament. They do it just fine. Division two has a tournament. They do it just fine. Division three has a tournament. They do it just fine. You can't tell me that the top division in all of college football can't figure out a way to to make this happen. I think this has been run by money. I think this has been too much weight on all these stupid bowl games that really should not. Some Do of them just not should not get exist. Me started on the bowl um, games. Oh, the, it really, if, the, the, if, if you want to keep bowl games, that's fine because you can make some of these games, these tournament games, bowl games. That's fine. You're actually going to get good teams and not these five and seven, six and six, seven and five teams. Like Wisconsin's playing in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. Ooh, watch out! We just played in the Orange Bowl last year. Now we got to play in the Pinstripe Bowl. I don't even want to watch that game. It's a joke. The so, bowl games it, are basically to the point of of here, here's a bowl game for you that basically is where they're at right now. Donovan shaves with Chunky Soup Bowl. That's yes. where they're at. Yes. That's a callback to uh, Donovan doing. Uh, Campbell's Chucky Soup commercials for you youngins out there. Sorry about that. But that's yes. basically where they're at. And this is the one thing that I can't stand. Just expand to eight teams in the playoff. Include some of these one, two lost teams. And you know what? See, and that's the thing. Like you said about Cinderella's in March Madness. You know, lightning could strike. UCF could rattle off, you know, two straight wins and get to the title. Who doesn't want to see that? You want to see know. it. I want to yeah, you know who makes, doesn't want to see it? It makes too much sense. That's the problem. It makes too much sense. You know who doesn't want to see it? NCAA. Well, that and Nick Saban. You think Nick Saban wants to lose to UCF and not win a championship? Nope. Exactly. He's, I'm not going to lie. These these coaches are scared to play some of these teams. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Because they look down on teams. like they don't. If you're not in the Power 5, these Power 5, if you're a mid-major, whatever the hell you want to call them, you look down on these teams. Guess what? There's some really good teams. UCF, all them. You lose to them, and you got to answer. Well, why'd you lose this and that? And then you're gonna be crying about this, everything else. It's you know these these mega powerhouses don't want to play these teams. Uh, they don't go want to go on the road. They don't want to play them in a neutral site. Let's just say that. And that's how it should be. That's hundred percent exactly how, how it should be. be. But. Yeah, I'm just so sick of this. Well, we can't do this, and it's travel, this and that. Man, how come these Division Three teams can figure it out? I know they don't have bowl games, you know, like that, but Division Three teams can figure it out. You it's think all, they have a lot only, of money? No, man, it's all excuses and cop outs. That's all it is. It is, but yeah, I've seen more in the past couple of years. It's been picking up steam of eight team playoffs and expanding the playoff. And man, I'm hoping so. 
it, it's I, you know they're like oh we can't change it for I don't know there's like some contract they can't change it for another few years shut up give the people what they want and just expand the playoffs and be done with it I and I'm not saying it I'm not saying it just so my Badgers can be in it because guess what after this year pfft, no but last <laughs> year guess if in an 18 playoff they probably would have been in it they would have made a very good case of being in it so. I, I'm just saying, give give some of these teams, these one lot. I mean, Georgia, you think Georgia probably deserves to be in a playoff. Yep. Why not? Um, Ohio State, probably Michigan, even, even though they got throttled. But Ohio State's a Big Ten champ. They're a conference champ, and they're not in a playoff. Yep. That's what I, that's what, that bugs the hell out of me. People are scared of, of um, uh, overlooking a team and it being like, now, anybody who listens to this show for a period of time knows I'm a Butler University fan. Started out as basketball, started following Butler athletics. Now I watch volleyball, softball, football, which is FBS. So basically Butler anything. People are afraid of overlooking teams exactly like the Duke-Butler NCAA championship. Duke overlooking them. Butler absolutely just, I mean, taking taking it to them, throwing everything in the kitchen sink at them, and Duke winning by a half-court three-point heave-hole by Gordon Hayward that lipped out. Yep. That's what that, again, like you just said, Nick Saban's, I don't want to say he's afraid of that because I think he's such a great coach that he could, but, you, but you, <sighs> he's it's, exactly, afraid. it's exactly what you're saying, 100%. Because you're looking at, and I don't want to speak for him or you know say I'm I'm in his head, but he's worried that maybe I mean every I don't know. It's like remember when Michigan played Appalachian State and Appalachian State beat Michigan in the Big House, that got into I think a lot of coaches' heads, and they don't want that to happen. Not saying it's embarrassing because I mean if you're an 18 playoff, everybody I mean deserved to be there. They're very good teams. But you lose to somebody like a UCF or something like that. You don't want to deal with that in the, in the entire right. offseason. You got to hear about that over and over and over. So I don't I don't know. It, it, it's only a matter of time, honestly, Blake, until they finally do. We just got to sit here, wait patiently, and deal with the whole, well, this team should be in and this team shouldn't, blah, blah. You're going to get that when you it'll, expand it'll to eight. It'll take 13 years. Yeah. But, I mean <laughs> – you expand to eight. Well, then you got teams at nine, 10, 11 that are going to make a case. It's yeah. fine. But I just think there's got to be more than just four teams. I don't know. We both agree, man. We both agree. All right. We will transition to our NFL talk. Taylor, I feel like I talked for probably 40 straight minutes before I let you get in there, even though you had a couple of things to say on the, the Yankees and the and the uh, UFC results. So Minnesota Vikings versus Seattle. You said you wanted to rant off air about it. <laughs> Feel free, man. Go uh, for it. It's not even that game was a joke. Um, I could only stomach until halftime. Uh, let's just say this. I think the thing. I, okay. I, I'm a man. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I was very excited when we. Hired John Filippo as offensive coordinator. I thought things were going to change. I thought we would have a more exciting, a more well-oiled machine on offense. I was wrong. 
Blake, I believe you told me that you don't think you didn't think that he was ready for that position. You didn't think that he would pan out. You were right. I lo- I love John, but I, I yes, I, but I said I I don't I don't he, I think he should have stayed where he was. He him and Zimmer, I don't think, got along towards the end. In fact, I can tell no, you they I didn't think get along. They clashed a lot more than's being said. Um, I think DiFilippo, he, I don't know how old he is. He's not a very old guy. No. I think he was seeing what the likes of Sean McVay was doing out in L.A., Matt Nagy in Chicago in his own division, stuff like that. He wanted to implement that into the Vikings' offense. Do we have hey, I'll tell you what. Do we have a dynamic duo in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen? Yes. 100%. Are we a team built to do flashy plays? No. Why? Our offensive line sucks. We have to one thing that Shermer did last year with Case Keenum, he knew what he had in Keenum. He knew as far as he could push him. He knew how crappy our offensive line was, and guess what? He didn't he ask Keenum, Keenum. He didn't ask Keenum nope. to do more than he could do either. Nope. He put Keenum. He put that offensive line. He put the offense in positions to succeed. DeFilippo did not do that. I saw a stat that the Vikings on third and five or less passed the ball way more than any other team in the NFL. <laughs> way more with running backs like Murray and Cook. And you're, I, I don't know. Now we got, we're still in the sixth seed, hanging on barely. Okay, we're we're hanging on a throw. I don't. There's a song in there, hanging. Well, we're halfway. No, I don't know. Anyways, we have three games left in the regular season. We have Kevin Stefanski. You say who? He's the longest tenured coach on the Vikings staff. He's been with the team for. 12 plus years never would have guessed he worked his way up he actually started as an intern believe it or not um in philadelphia uh you guys had small world never knew that guys you guys had brad childress as a head coach at one point right or coordinator or something offensive coordinator okay he were he was an intern with childress ah gotcha childress chili went to minnesota (laughs) The rest is history. So Stefanski worked assistant or associate to the head coach um, and then worked tight ends coach. He's currently the quarterback's coach and now the offensive coordinator. Three games. This is his. Audition. Yes. Pretty much. Um, Yes. Um, So. You know, I think they should have maybe hindsight being 2020. Maybe they should have just signed Stefanski as the offensive coordinator. He did interview for it. Didn't get it. Remember, tried to go. That hurts. Tried to go. Tried to go to New York with Shermer and the Vikings said, nope, that's not happening. Um, So this is it. Um, You got to do something because they are barely hanging on. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the offense. I don't know what's going to happen with Kirk cousins. Cause he is not, he looks horrible. He looked horrible in Seattle. Um, he was very it, shaky, seemed to get very phantom 
Like there was phantom rushes and everything else. It, mm, gotcha. Just a joke. Um, here's the question before you move yes. on here. Here's the question. Yes. Are the Vikings regretting $84 million? Not yet. Okay. Just wanted to ask. Not yet. It's early yet. We're not even done with year one. Um, I understand, but you know how the NFL works. They are of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. The, the funny thing They're, is, is that if they do get rid of him, he get all the money. He gets all of it. So it doesn't even matter. No, I guess, they, they I guess get, you might as well keep him. <laughs> it's ride or die. Um, much. Um, they are. Let's see. And the Vikings did it to themselves. They did yep. it. They of made the their bed. Highest, they get to sleep in it. Of the highest paid quarterbacks. The likes of Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith, who's now injured. Kirk Cousins is the only one that has his team in a playoff spot right now. So, just throwing that out there. Now, that could change even after this Sunday when they play the Dolphins. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this offense. All I know is Zimmer's probably going to have a little more of a hand in it. I, I don't know. Will this, the real this could Minnesota a, Vikings please stand up? This could be a disaster, Blake. That's all That's all I can say. All right. You know, admittedly, you know, I, I make my jokes and, and I say this and I say that because, again, I, I live – I've born and raised in Minnesota. I've lived here my entire life. I don't envision myself moving either. Unless if I who I guess I guess I shouldn't say never I sh- you know never say never as I say Taylor my Eagles didn't look all that much better throughout the entire game that this was I mean to start out the game it was I mean by halftime it was six nothing you had missed field goals and offenses that couldn't do anything you have Josh Adams. Going reverting back to seven carries, so yay that. E- even though with John Filippo getting fired in Doug Peterson's press conference, obviously gets asked, "You're going to bring John Filippo in?" Peterson Peterson says, "I'm I'm satisfied with where my coaches are." Uh, Aria, it Mike Grow, the former wide receiver coach, now the offensive coordinator, Mike Grow giving Adams. Se- why do, why do we do why, – why does that happen where you have something that works and then, and then all of a sudden Josh Adams goes, but I thought I was helping. I, I, what, what's Josh Ad, So seven carries, Taylor. Josh Adams had a 5.1 yard per carry average. How do you not just say, here's a couple more? I, I don't – Josh Adams is showing out in a way that he can handle the rock. Doug Peterson said weeks ago that he wanted Adams to be a LeGarrette Blunt type. Let him be LeGarrette Blunt then. I'm not saying deviate from what they do because run, run, rushing attack, Josh Adams, seven carries, Wendell Smallwood won, Darren Sproles won, Carson Wentz four, and Corey Clement won. So we let's see here. We ran. We ran a total of uh, nine, uh, 13, 14 times. 14 times to 32. Now, in my view of the Vikings, Taylor, I look at the offense as is that they're way too pass heavy. 
That is not to say that I can't be called a hypocrite for what the Eagles do. Carson Wentz threw 32 times and we only ran 14 times. I said last week, uh, Taylor, while you were out sick, I said last week, I can't remember what exactly the, the topic at hand was, but I said I brought up the New Orleans Saints and their Super Bowl win in 2009. Or wait, maybe 2011. I can't remember. So, somewhere in there. And I brought up how balanced their attack was, how balanced the Saints are right now, and why in that is a huge reason why as to why they are working, why it's a well-oiled machine. And not to say that that's the only re- way to go about it, but why do you – I don't understand. And again, I get it. The, the, Taylor, this is the most injury-ravaged Philadelphia Eagles team that my memory is able to conjure up. Now, admittedly, off-air, we talk about our memory about getting signs of old age already in our young years, and my memory is terrible. My memory, my long-term memory is very good. My short-term memory is, is the worst. But I can't remember a time of when this team was more ravaged than right now. And the year started out bad. And it just progressively got worse. There were bright spots, but this isn't a team that (sighs) you have Ezekiel Elliott and Zeke. Zeke looked like he had the 90s Super Bowl champion, the Cowboys offensive line blocking for him. That's what it looked like. The, The defense was so spread out. In what I watched, I was like, well, is anybody going to, okay, you're not even going to like dive for his, you know, dive for his foot or, you know, okay. All right. Just let him have 15, 18, 20 yards. Okay, okay fine. Okay. Apparently that's the defense we're going to play. Admittedly, more than not, I did enjoy some of the past defense. So it wasn't all bad. I did enjoy the fact that the past defense seemed to work. Uh, specifically Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones got a look on the outside finally, something that I've been calling for all year. And he showed up. He played really well. But still, you have Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator, been defensive coordinator for a couple years now. For some reason, defensive backs, linebackers, whoever's in coverage, Everyone gives the running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, gives everyone at least a 10-yard cushion. I don't know why. The entire year, it hasn't, it's, it's never worked. Taylor, last week, was our lowest yardage given up for defensive output. Do you want to know what that yardage was? Yes. If memory serves, it was around 350, give or take a couple. That was last week, not 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 the Cowboys game, the last week, the week before last, excuse me. And that was the lowest yardage allowed for defensive output. And again, I understand that we are down basically every defensive back that we have. We are running out there cast-offs, 
and practice squad guys. So what can you expect? Sidney Jones can't cover the entire field. He can't. I love Sidney Jones, but he is one man. We got some pressure on Dak Prescott. Not enough for my liking. We weren't able to get through as easily as we have been in years past since Jim Schwartz became the defensive coach. We don't blitz often enough. Uh, it just it, The team just is missing so much right now. And honestly, with Carson Wentz out for the year, you know, people saying, oh, Nick Foles is the man and this and that. We basically got put out of our misery finally last year after the entire year. And Taylor, we started out the year by saying, I'm Zen. We won the Super Bowl. I'm good all year. I'm not good. I, they, I'm not good, everybody. <laughs> I, you know, Blake, I don't mean to laugh, but don't take this personally, but I get a little pleasure of you saying that. I, that it is that what warms it is, my man. heart a little I, bit. That warms my heart. I, I mean, I try <laughs> as I might. I, I, I go over to my parents' place to watch an Eagle game on TV with, with my dad. And, and I told him the same thing. I said, I'm trying to be Zen. I'm trying to, you know, stay even keel. You know and then I, I find myself, you know, out off the couch and just, you know, and it's, it's in my blood and it just watching this team is just so hard. And people ask me, they say, you know, would you ever want your team to lose for, for the draft pick? And I, I look at them like, like I saw a ghost and I go, absolutely not. Never. I would never. One more time for radio purposes. Never. I won't what pick against my team, but the, it's hard. I man. Did. It's hard. I did. I did against Seattle. That was pretty easy, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, what are you going to do when Doug Peterson leaves to go co- coach the Green Bay Packers? Oh, dear. You know what? You know what? When I when I brought up Mike McCarthy, we were talking Mike McCarthy last week. Doug oh. Peterson never came into my mind. That was something that didn't cross. Oh. Uh, now I have that to worry about. No, I, no, I'm just kidding. Do you imagine? I, I think I th- no, I can't. And you, I, can. I would hate it. I would hate it because I don't want to face put, him. But I would love why, it. He just oh, why you. why does Taylor do this to me, everybody? Why I I've been nice. I. I tell you what, I he he stood on the sidelines for how many years behind Favre? He might as well stand on the sidelines and watch another good quarterback, right? Let's see here, uh, thirteen years if memory serves. Yeah, he might as well stand on the sideline and coach the next greatest quarterback. Why not? He's not doing it in Philly. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm waving a white flag over here, everybody. <laughs> Something that Taylor can't see. I don't know what was in this ginger ale, but whoo-wee. I'm <laughs> sitting over here waving a white flag, yet Taylor just oh, keeps oh, kicking me oh, in the gut. Oh, I, I'm down in the fetal position, and Taylor's just stomping on my head. Oh, that makes 38-7 to 7 feel a whole hell of a lot better. Oh, boy. <sighs> Love it. I have no other words for this game. I I I have no Love words. Love it. The, the, Actually, no, I do have words. Two more quick things. Two more. 
got hosed on the opening kickoff. Number one. Now what happened with that? I, didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't watched. I watched it again an hour before we started recording today. I watched it again. I still can't figure it out. I still what, can't what, figure what it. Result? What happened? I didn't watch the. I didn't watch much of that game. I can't even remember. Honest to God. No. I, I, I should have had the sound on. I didn't. I was just kind of watching highlights just kind of to refresh my memory. I should have had the sound on. I can't remember. I know Malcolm Jenkins was running his mouth. I, I mean, the ball was out. The ball was out. He was falling on the ground. The ball. That's number one. <laughs> number two is Amari Cooper. Goat. Rasul Douglas played that pass coverage. You can't get more perfect. He played wow. it. He, he completely had the coverage read the entire way. Ooh. He jumped the route, stuck his arm out, pinged the ball in the air. It should have absolutely hit the ground. No problem. How you in can, the world did the ball? This was that. almost an act of divine intervention for the love of all can, that is holy. You could play that ball better if you just, you know, knock it down or something. The, not that, have it. That up. catch is not made the next thousand times you run that play. And that's, that's the problem. Perfect. That's the problem. That, that right there is what gave Cowboy fans some kind of hope that this is their year. And I hope they get crushed in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? You ball aren't bounces, kidding. Quote, quote, unquote, ball bounces our way. This is our year. Yeah, well, I thought that after the Minneapolis miracle happened and look what happened. So the Cowboy fans maybe pumped the brakes. Yeah, you got a good win. You know, whatever. Talk to me come playoffs. Taylor, <laughs> Taylor may have been stomping on my head as I'm in the fetal position in a back alley. I tell you but, what. But, but. I hate- but, but we are back on the same wavelength now. We agree on the Cowboy thing. I hate your damn Eagles, but oh my God, do I hate the Cowboys. Not as much as I hate the Packers, but I hate the Cowboys. All right, everybody, a couple of quick hits here with NFL, and then we'll wrap up with our two uh, normal ending segments with weekly picks and power rankings for you. Taylor, the Patriots and the Dolphins, the ending to this game. What in the world was that? I, oh, oh. Ah. Talk about the Minneapolis miracle. How about yes, the Miami yes. miracle? Ooh, and what was Gronk doing back there? <laughs> Somebody Ouch. tell me what Gronk Ouch. was back there. Oh, he, he, he made himself look a fool all by himself. Bill Belichick tried to be the smartest man in the room, and he got got. Man, but those laterals, oh, th- those were a thing of beauty. I mean, I swear. You you, you see that play how, how many times, 100 times, 99 times out of 100, it doesn't work. But, man, when it, that one. I don't one think I've ever does, seen it work. That's the thing. I, I have. Don't think I've, okay, you have. Okay. Maybe a handful of times, but nothing like that. Like, that was perfection that that i don't know the miami dolphins just won the super bowl in their mind so i don't hopefully since we play miami they have a little miami miracle hangover and we blow, <laughs> we blow up about 38 to 7 that'd be nice but i, I mean honestly everything went their way 
Ryan Tannehill, uh, two, 265, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Frank Gore turning back the clock once again in the year. That's been a couple of times this year. 12 carries for 92 yards. Everything was rolling their way. But again, it'll be looked at as, oh, the Patriots defense didn't hold up their end. And Tom Brady, you know, n- no one points the finger. And it just uh, barf. I tell you what, but so yeah, watching Miami win on a last second couple of lateral play, that was very enjoyable for me. Taylor, the last game I want to touch on, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Let me say this right now. We haven't talked enough about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, again, I may be speaking on a turn this early, but Patrick Mahomes is something special that we get to watch. Another special player that is blossoming before our very eyes. I feel, now hear me out. I'm going to say one, I feel bad for Drew Brees because the way Patrick Mahomes is playing is he's going to steal the MVP away from Drew Brees. We agree. Drew Brees has never won an MVP. And because of a couple. Which is a travesty of itself. Well, He's playing in the same era as you look at Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and now Patrick Mahomes. But because of these couple of games that Brady or Brady, Drew Brees and the Saints have not played well, like they've looked really bad. Mahomes is starting to elevate himself over Brees, over Goff, over people like that. Mahomes, and I tell this old lady at work all the time, she's a huge Chiefs fan. I tell her, Ah. I apologize. I didn't think he was going to be this good. And she looks me in the eyes every time and says, I didn't think so either. I keep telling her to get her tickets for Atlanta for the Super Bowl, but she won't. <laughs> um, she's, she, she's waiting. She just knows. She goes, I've, I've seen this story before. She's not a big Andy Reid fan. Um, Interesting. She, very, not at all. Hmm. Um, she's waiting for him to completely poop the bed. Um, <laughs> so, Interesting. I, I, okay. But all right. right now, doesn't they look like to be firing on all cylinders and that, I mean, Baltimore, let's not sleep on them and Lamar Jackson either. No, um, he's well, not, I mean, not great, but he's playing well. I mean, uh, the thing about Patrick Mahomes that I like to say is that with the, with the end result and how it happened and Patrick Mahomes throwing across his body, just going absolutely just a heaven's prayer on fourth and nine. Tyreek Hill comes out of nowhere. But this also happened against the number one scoring defense that is the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Quietly, too. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's a, you want to talk about a no-name defense? Name like three players on that defense. Crickets. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I tried. No, I tried, everybody. I tried. <laughs> That that no look pass that he had, oh my goodness, oh boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, I tell you, but man, th- this this Baltimore Ravens team w- without this defense, though, they wouldn't have an identity uh, this year. They're running four running backs. They're, they're you know you have Lamar Jackson, who's a no- who's a number one o- number one overall pick, a, a first round pick, excuse me. 
But again, I look at the box score, 13 of 24, 147 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. That said, Lamar Jackson's never been known as a terrific passer. So I'm not saying that is to, to completely slight the man, but I'm just saying the Ravens, without the defense, where would the Ravens be? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and one last thing, like, with those numbers and everything, other than that miraculous run that Joe Flacco had in the playoffs a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl, yep, are, you're really not going to get much more than that out of Joe Flacco either. So you might as well, well just roll, Agreed. roll Lamar Jackson out there. Why not? Yep. you got to look for the future. There you go. So. No, definitely. You know, and, and like I said, Patrick Mahomes is so much fun to watch, but to end our NFL discussion, I will say that Taylor didn't expect Patrick Mahomes. Taylor's co-worker, the Chiefs fan, didn't expect Patrick Mahomes. No. But I said it. Yeah, well. But I said it. Right. You finally got something right, Blake. Yeah, according to uh, my list that I've been keeping track of uh, for the entire year, I've gotten more than just one right. But that's not here nor there. That, that's, that's a whole other thing. All right, everybody. Our, not, our normal final two segments. Here we go. Our bottom five, our power rankings. Let's do this. Taylor, your bottom five. Go ahead. This is going to be kind of surprising. Um, okay. 32, I got the Raiders. 31, I got the Cardinals. 30, I got the Niners. And these next two teams, because they have played completely poorly, and we're getting towards the end of the season, um, I especially thought one of these teams would step up. 29, I have the Falcons because they look like a joke right now. Okay. 28, I have the Panthers because they look like even Ooh. more of a joke. They have lost, what, five in a row now? They went from, what the hell was it, six? No. Yeah. They went from contending to a division to they might just clean house. I hate And, and I hate Cam Newton. Oh, there you Interesting. go. Interesting. Okay. Uh, uh I what I the Falcons one I kind of let go because I was like okay I can see that and then the Panthers one I basically almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> Not, all right, just well you're lucky because I almost put the Eagles in that spot. So yeah, what else is new? All right, everybody. All right, my bottom five. Thirty two. I have the Cardinals. After me jumping the Cardinals up to twenty eight, giving them some respect after that win. In Green Bay, going to Lambeau Field and taking the win. The Cardinals turn back into the Cardinals. They're at the bottom. 31, I have the Jaguars. 30, I have the Oakland Raiders. 29, I have the 49ers. Taylor, without Greg Kittle, what are the 49ers? Oh, man. Greg Kittle, admittedly, Greg Kittle is less than 300 yards away from the greatest uh, receiving yards season that a NFL tight end has ever had being held by Rob Gronkowski right now. So Greg Kittle being that he's getting targeted like Zach Ertz with the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg Kittle could very well break that record this year. I hope he does. Greg Kittle came up like a house of fire and then some 28. I have the New York jets. I love Greg Kittle. Isn't he good? Same. He torched the Vikings in week one. Greg Kittle, um, keeper for next year in one of my fantasy amen. leagues. Amen. All right, everybody. Top five. Taylor, you can go first again. Go for it. All right. Five, I got the Texans. Four, I got the Rams. Three, I got the Saints. Two, 
I got your formerly known as San Diego Los Angeles Chargers. And number one, they play them tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number five, I have this. I almost said San Diego. Ah, you, son, you, son, you put that I in my that head, on purpose. son of a. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> number five, the Los Angeles Chargers. Number four, the Chicago Bears. Number three, the Los Angeles Rams. Didn't do it that time, thankfully. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. And number one, the Kansas City Patrick Mahomes. Is. No, I'm just kidding. The Kansas City Chiefs. Well. The Kansas City Fat Andy Reeds. Anyways. I go, hey, now. No, no fat shaming on this show. All right. So oh, he's big boned. I was going to say, let it be known that Taylor said that and not Blake. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I was going to say, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> Don't need any, get any hate emails. <laughs> From who? Andy Reed? When he's unemployed? Uh, okay. All, anyway. all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Anyways, Taylor, uh, Taylor, just, Taylor's just. All right. Wow. All right. Going off the rails over here, everybody. What the hell's going on? All right. Uh, as I work to pull up my schedule here, tab over, let me grab my notebook. And as I do every single week, Taylor, you are now ahead, my friend. What? You I, heard, are, I didn't hear that right. I, I'm ahead? Let me restate. Taylor has pulled ahead. Let me pull All up. Right. Our overall scores. Gone crazy with picks the past couple of weeks. So, hey, you're trying. I respect that. Taylor is ahead 119, 82, or 119 and 88 to my 117 and 90. So, you are up by four. You are up by four total. I love it. I love it. It did not help that I went four and 12 last week. I bit. The big Ouch. one. Holy Ouch. cow. <laughs> I, just, I, sat, I sat there watching football on Sunday and just watched my my losses tick upward. I was like, you've got to be kidding. It's funny because I honestly thought I had a bad week this past week. No, not even close. Picks are going to suck. I'm so glad I picked Seattle. <laughs> Again. I, here we go. I'm just going to pick against the Vikings from now on. Screw it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, yeah, at least you have one pick from Taylor. All right. Tonight, Thursday, hey. December 13th, Thursday night football, Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, that is a matchup. But Taylor, I am picking the Chiefs. I am too. If there was a 100% healthy Melvin Gordon, I might maybe go a different way, but I don't think so. I'm going with the chiefs starting saturday night football i love this Thursday, sunday monday night football I stuff it. i love it sorry taylor you were saying uh i think they should give us more saturday football screw <laughs> thursday nights more saturdays hey you know what you're not going to get any complaints from me i love any football i can get saturday december 15th First up, Texans at the New York Jets. I'm taking the Texans. I'm also taking the Texans. Second Saturday night game, Cleveland Browns at Denver Broncos. Interesting. Tell you right now, I'm on that Baker Mayfield train. Give me the Browns. Our first difference, I'm going Denver. Still not with the Baker Mayfield. I'm not ready yet. 
into Sunday, Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field, Chicago Bears. Give me the Bears. I'll also take the Bears, knocking the Packers out of playoff contention. Bye-bye. Oops, I just hit something on my computer there, refreshed my screen. Let me scroll back down. Whoa, what just, oops. It uh, jumped behind a week, showed me the scores of last week. Okay, we're back in business. Detroit Lions at Buffalo Bills. Talk about a bad game. Give me the Bills. I'll go Detroit. Difference number two. Excuse me, everybody. Man, that one's probably going to come back to bite me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Baltimore Ravens. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, I'll also take the Ravens. It's almost like a Pepperidge Farm commercial. Remember when the Buccaneers, you know, were a thing at the beginning of the year? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Fitz magic. Arizona Cardinals at Atlanta Falcons. Mercedes-Benz Dome. Give me the Falcons. The Cardinals just aren't putting it together. I keep trying to give them life and say, you know what? I like what the Cardinals are doing. I can see what they're going for. Not after last week, after they just kind of just laid an egg after beating Green Bay at Lambeau. Give me the Falcons. Give me the Cardinals. Another upset. All right. Number th- Taylor is just trying to pull ahead with <laughs> vigorous fervor. <laughs> Oakland Raiders at Cincinnati Bengals. Talk about the game and nobody gives a crap. <laughs> um, I'm actually going Oakland. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't pick Oakland. Give me Cincinnati. Oakland's a joke. Not saying Cincinnati. I'm, I'm hoping well, for another Cincinnati kicker that slips no, and falls on his yeah. behind. <laughs> Tennessee Titans at New York Giants. The Giants have actually looked halfway decent the last couple of weeks. Still taking Tennessee, though. Give me the Titans. Oh, give me Saquon Barkley all day. Give me the Giants. Eli Manning, do not mess this up for me. Difference number four. Do not. Which he probably will, you know. I know he will. (laughs) Miami Dolphins traveling from warm climate to cold climate. Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. After last week, give me Miami. Why? Why you got to go that route? You know, it may be cold in Minnesota, but like Al Michaels always says, it's a very warm 69 degrees in U.S. Bank Stadium. I got to go with the Vikings. Taylor just said about 10 minutes ago. Never mind. I'm I'm not even going to. I'm not going to pick the Vikings. I probably would have picked Miami. Uh, Bait and switch. I see what's I see what happens here. Taylor's just a pain in the yeah. No, you know what? I'm gonna go off the rails and I'm gonna go on a cursing tirade. I'm just gonna stop. 
Washington at Jacksonville Jaguars. Talk about a game of nobody cares. It's a good um, game. I, 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 Jacksonville, I have no idea. Yeah, I guess I'll go with the Jacksonville route. I mean, too. honestly, that's a coin flip if I've ever seen it. Man, that game's going to be horrid. Yeah, Mark Sanchez and Cody I Kaiser. Think, uh, yay. I don't think it's going to be Sanchez. It's going to be that jo- oh, Josh Johnson. Oh, yeah. Jackson, oh, yeah. Oh, Johnson. that's right. <laughs> I think. Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. Let's not give that game any more credence than we already have. Holy cow. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys at Indianapolis Colts. I'm taking the Colts. Man, you. I think Andrew I'm Luck is going to light it up. I think I think the Cowboys are going to come back to earth. They're a little too cocky right now. I think Andrew Luck is just the guy to put them back in their place. Colts are fighting for a playoff spot too, I believe. I don't think they're too far out of that picture, are they? No, I don't believe they are either. I don't have the standings up in front of me, but nope. I don't think so. Frank Reich, 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 Rich, Reich. Frank Reich. Coach of the year. Is that a prediction? Book it. Write it down now. Book it. All right. Frank Reich, Coach of the Year from Taylor. All right, everybody. Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. Again, Greg Kittle can't catch another 300 yards, can he? I'm going with Seattle. Um, I have a stat for you. Russell Wilson. Seahawks are 2-0 when Russell Wilson throws for under 100 yards. Give me Seattle. Interesting. Give me Seattle. Never would have guessed that one. I don't know if that's true. I saw it on, um, it was Barstool Sports or something. I I don't know if it's true. (laughs) I got you. New England Patriots. <laughs> New England Patriots at Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh boy, uh, New England. I'm taking New England because they're probably pissed off right now. They they might win by fifty, and Steelers really don't. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with them. They are not looking good. No, they are not. Sunday night football: Philadelphia Eagles oh, at Los oh, Angeles oh, Rams. Boy. Nick Foles, does lightning strike twice? Big Nick Foles. Now, if you remember here, this is kind of coming full circle. Where did Carson Wentz get hurt last year? Uh, in uh, in Los Angeles Coliseum. Now look who's starting. Look who's hurt. Now look who this. Wow. Does Nate Sudfeld finish the game? Or I, I have no idea. I'm just kidding. I don't wish injury upon anybody. No, I'm just anybody. saying. I just. No, I hear you. They didn't I, win that game, did they? No, Rams won that game, right? I th- it was close. It was close. But that started a run for the Eagles. I don't. I'm just saying, Blake. Big Nick Foles. I don't know. You know what they call him in Philly? Foles looked bad to start the year. I think Press Taylor, our quarterback coach, has fixed what's wrong with Nick Foles, but. The problem isn't the quarterback. The problem isn't one person. I ranted about that enough. I'm taking the Rams. 
I'm just saying, John DeFilippo is available. They could hire him back as quarterback coach. And Doug Peterson's already addressed that. And Brett Chris Taylor's done fine. He's addressed that because Doug Peterson has already packed his bags for Green Bay. Uh, give me the Rams. I have no words. One more Peterson pick, is, everybody. Peterson has given up already. He's Monday done. Monday night. Don't don't do that to me, right now. Don't. I, I love it. Monday night football, December seventeenth. <laughs> New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. I, the Saints running away. I, I I would hope so. I don't know. I'm picking the Saints, but I'll tell you right now that I don't. Three, four weeks ago, I'd be 100% confident. Now, not so much. Exactly. All I right, everybody. Like they played. All right, everybody. That's been our week 15 picks. As I mentioned before we started, Taylor is up by four. Two wins, two losses up on me by four again overall. Taylor and I have five differences this week. So I could end up ahead. We could end up tied. I, I, yeah, many, many things could happen. And Taylor, as we talked about over the weekend, we are neck and neck right now, and we're definitely going for it. I love it, especially at toward the end of the season, especially what happened last year when you picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. When you didn't believe in us, <laughs> just to spite me, you I still have my old notebook <laughs> that has our breakdown in it and we're going for, we're going through and I'm going, we're going offense. Who has the better quarterback, special teams, coach, game plan. And, and on your side, it's, it's Patriots, 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 Patriots. And all of a sudden I'm picking the Eagles. And I was like, Oh, you son of a Taylor just couldn't let me have it. Just couldn't let me have the win. <laughs> Admittedly, I had the last lap because we won anyway, and that's the deciding factor, of course. But he, this year, it's personal. That's the point. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We ran super long today. I apologize. That is it for this edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode number 88. Many forms of ways to contact us. Skype in Global Dynasty STR on lowercase. Skype in, be a guest host for a couple of minutes. You lead, Taylor and I shall follow. Email in blakeglobaldynasty at gmail.com. Taylorglobaldynasty at gmail.com. Email in, we will respond live on the air. Our Facebook, everything that we do under one roof, facebook.com slash STR. Last but certainly not least, our entire SoundCloud collection, soundcloud.com slash STR. our entire collection, every episode that we've ever done that I have produced, at least that I have up there, every episode that you can think of is up to listen to. All you need is an internet connection, no matter where you are. If you're doing stuff around the house, if you're on your commute to work, if you're at the gym, if you're walking your dog walking your cat, uh, flying your bird, I, I don't know. doesn't matter what you're doing. All you need is an internet connection. Taylor, we've reached the end. Any parting words, my friend? U.S. Bank Stadium is always kept at 69 degrees. For Taylor Johnson, I'm Blake Plotsky, and we will see you next week for episode 89, and we are out. Peace. Johnny's been skating, now he's on